0: So for the last few weeks, we've been working through this study on small groups, on this sermon series of small groups. And if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about how small groups, uh, it's great, it's really great when we treat each other like family. I understand it doesn't always happen and, you know, we fail at it from time to time. but, But it's great when we're small groups, when we care for one another, when we show up for each other, when we pray for each other, we spend life together. It's great. And I think as we were reading through the scriptures and watching how Jesus held his hand over his disciples and said, this is my family, how God, how Jesus makes us family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Also, too, then last week, Dave, uh, Douglas came and preached about the prodigal sons. And he talked about those two uh, extremes that sometimes happen. Sometimes we run away from God. We say, Lord, I don't want anything to do with you. or I just want to go and live my own way. He said how damaging that can be, but he also talked about the other brother who, who was really focused on following the rules, and he thought because he followed his rules that the father owed him something. And Dave pointed out how it's how both sides are dangerous, how God wants us to be in a relationship with Him, and how small groups are a great place for us to grow in our relationship with our Lord Jesus. Well, this week we we're talking some uh, about mission about mission in small groups. And if you look at your bulletin insert here, you'll see there's this picture right here of this three-leafed plant. And so if you look there, you'll notice the first, the top leaf is Christ. That's the most important. But then there's also this leaf coming off of community. And so the last two weeks, we've talked some about Christ and uh, and community as well. Well, this week, we're talking about that third leaf of mission, about including mission in our small groups. And it's interesting to think about this. I mean, I've... Thoughts, and I'm realizing, kind of as I look back over my own experience in small groups, that usually a small group was a place where we would study the Bible, we would pray for each other, sometimes we'd eat a meal together, but mainly it was about our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. I can't think of many times when any small group I've been a part of said, Hey, what are we do for our community? How are we going to bless our community this week? Or how are we, uh, what mission or how are you blessing your friends or your neighbors this week? How's that going? I haven't been in too many groups where that's a central part of, of the time together. And I started thinking about it and I've been reading the scriptures and stuff and realizing that, you know, I think that is an important part of our small groups when we get together of mission, keeping mission central. I mean, true, it's a great place for us to grow in our relationship with God, to learn more about Jesus, to grow in our relationship with him. And it's a great place for us to eat meals together, to pray for one another, to be a part of each other's lives and to encourage each other. But I'm also saying it's a great place for us to be engaged in mission. One, to encourage each other, to say, How, how's your mission going? How's your ministry going at your workplace? Or with your neighbor? Or with your friends? We're talking about how, what way can this month, let's plan something, let's bless our community just for the sake of blessing them, to demonstrate to them that God's kingdom is here already, that it's breaking through in places. I'm wondering if you've ever thought about that for your small groups. And I know some of you in your small groups, you do some of this. I know, like, for example, the Dickinson small group, one of their uh, mission activities was to put together the, uh, the kids camp, to work on that, to do the decorations for that, and put a bunch of work into that. But I'm wondering, for the rest of us, how often do we think about mission as a central part of our small group? Not just growing in our relationship with God, not just growing in our relationship with each other, but also cultivating God's kingdom in the community around us. Interesting question. I wonder if you think about it. Maybe you wonder, how can we include this in our small group? I mean, What does it even look like? Well, I was reading through uh, Luke's Gospel, and reading especially uh, chapter 10. Jesus has been ministering throughout Galilee, and some of it's been good, some of it's been really bad. Some of his people have been rejecting him, Pharisees have been challenging him. But there's this part where Jesus sends out seventy-two disciples, and if you want to open your Bibles to Luke chapter ten, I've also got on this white sheet here if you want to read it here. So read this with me. It said after this, the Lord appointed seventy-two others, and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its street and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Now, there's, this passage goes on and there's lots more to it, but I just wanted to take this small portion and draw out what we can. Now, there's a lot here. There's even some questions. I mean, why does Jesus say, don't speak to anyone on the road? And if, you wanna, if you're really curious about that, you can talk with me uh, after the service. But there are some points here about mission that I wanted us to see. The first one is that Jesus sends out 72. And if you look around... That would be basically like Jesus sending out this church. Everyone in this room right now. Not just the evangelists. Not just the missionaries. All of us sent out. And it's my conviction that you are all missionaries. That we are missionaries. Some of you are being called to halfway around the world. Some of you are being called to Africa. Some of you have been called to South America. I think most of us have been called right here as well missionaries to this community. So Jesus sends out seventy two. And you know what's interesting? I mean he doesn't say, so maybe I'm reading too much into this, but he doesn't say he sent out the seventy-two most gifted speakers. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say he sent out the seventy-two of his disciples who had gone to seminary or Bible school. He doesn't say that. So he sent them out. He just sent them. They weren't the pros. I don't think that they were the professionals. I think they were people like us. Normal people. People who love Jesus and who follow him, who devote their lives to him and go out and tell people. Who go out and live faith in front of them. They weren't the people with doctoral degrees and apologetics. They were just faithful followers. And he sent them out. There's actually John Teeter, who's the he's the team leader for church planting in the whole covenant denomination. He sent out material about two years ago talking about the seventy two. And he was making a point, this point, that the 72 is us. The 72 is all of us. Somewhere along the way, we got the idea that missionaries were just those really special people who went to a faraway land. And it's true. I mean, we need to pray for missionaries who are going to far-off places. Absolutely. We need to pray for, like, Ronnie and for Betty and for the Watleys. Pray for for the Weedricks as they get ready to go. But we also are missionaries here. There is a mission field here. So whether God has called you to, to some far-off place, whether he's called you to Bangkok or Balfour, whether he's called you to Kiev or Kaslo, whether he's called you to Poland or Proctor, we are missionaries. That's the first thing I hear. He sent out 72. Basically, he sent out the equal, or the equal amount of this whole church right here. He sent them out. The other thing that I realized, too, is that Jesus sent them out to bless first. I don't know if you caught that. It's that number two in that little handout. I put a little number two there by He sent them out to bless first. To go and say, peace on this house. To bless them. Now, I know most of you. I mean, I know most of you really well. You are the sort of people who go out and bless first. But I'll tell you right now, most of the culture around us think that they are more likely to be judged or condemned by us than blessed. I don't know if you realize it, but when you talk with your friends who aren't followers of Jesus yet, or who aren't going to church or anything like that, when you start talking about they are more expecting you to condemn them, to judge them, than they are to think that you're going to bless them. So I think it's important that we follow Jesus' guide here, that we bless first. There will be a time to talk about the truth. To talk about the truth in love. He says begin with blessing. Bless first. Bless by encouraging someone, by praying for them. Bless them by praying for God's healing. Bless them by serving them, by showing up and helping them around their place. Or helping them at work. Bless them by serving them. Find a way to bless First, The other thing that I realized as I was working through this text, and if you, if you look at, in your sheet there, there's a number three, is that Jesus said, enter into their lives. He didn't just say, get a large auditorium or a big cathedral and talk at them. He said, enter into their lives. He said, go to the house and stay there. Eat and drink with them. Can you imagine that? How that would work in this community if you guys just said, hey neighbor, I'm moving in for the week. What's for dinner? That's basically what Jesus is saying. Go to a town and live, enter into their lives. It's interesting, one of my teachers he used to have he had this saying, he said, he said it over and over again, it stuck with me. He said, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I'll tell you, when we go into people's lives, when we maybe invite them over to our house for dinner, <laughs> when we build a relationship with them, when trust begins to form, then people begin to care what we think or what we know about Jesus. It's when we just drop in and start telling people what they should think about things, that doesn't go well, especially in our culture today. I mean, I, there are stories of people who, have, who are angry, at Christians, because a Christian came into their life, tried to get them to convert, and seemed like only cared about them until they converted or until they said, Oh, I'm absolutely not a and then they just never heard from them again. That hurts people. So Jesus says, enter into their life, stay with them, spend some time with them, build a relationship, eat meals with them, become connected. And then have this relationship, then you have trust, and then when people know how much you care, they begin to care about what you know. For example, what we know about Jesus and what He's done in our lives. That's the third thing I hear Jesus saying. Enter into their lives. The fourth thing that I hear Him saying was that eventually we need to start talking about the kingdom of God. Because sometimes we can be afraid to bring up faith. We have friends that aren't following Jesus yet or have questions about Him. We can be afraid. I don't want to upset them. I don't want to, to impose on them or make them angry. But I'll tell you, as friends, as friends, I think it's on us to speak honestly with our friend. If we love them as a friend, to speak what we know. Like what... Jesus has done in our lives, how he's changed us, how our life is different now for having followed him. Begin talking with them, maybe even healing. I mean, whether you're praying for physical healing for them, whether you're praying or listening to them, that their heart might be healed. Or talking with them about some of the hangups they have. Well, if this is true, then explain to me this. Maybe we help them understand things differently, or at least the way that we've come to understand it. We start sharing with them the kingdom of God. The good news that Jesus has come. That Jesus is Lord and Savior. Not just because the Bible says so, though that's a great reason for us. For other people, maybe not so much. But we start talking about how Jesus really did live. I mean, there were Roman historians and Jewish historians who talked about Jesus. There's, there's really no denying whether Jesus existed or not. And they all pretty much had the same story right up until the point of the crucifixion. And then we start talking with them, or this, this is what I often do, start talking with them, why would people who were following Jesus, why would they die if it was all a scam? Because all of Jesus' disciples, they were killed. Because they would, would not stop saying that Jesus rose again, that he is the Messiah, the Savior. And there's lots of other things too that, that for me, at least make it, uh, make it reasonable. And I think from there, faith takes off. But that's the center of of my faith is that Jesus died and rose again. And because of that, I actually begin to believe everything else that he taught. So when we have that opportunity with our friends, when we have a relationship with them, we have the opportunity to begin sharing the kingdom of God with them, the good news of who Jesus is. We get to tell them how deeply God loves them. Maybe to undo some of the story they've heard that, that God hates them because they don't do things right because they sin or something like that. But we can talk with them. No, actually, God loves you. He wants you to live differently. We can talk with them about the kingdom of God. We can show them what it looks like. We can show them the kingdom of God in our lives. Or we can even help them point out, like, do you see this happening here? you think this is coincidence? I think this is the kingdom of God at work in your life. Be able to point that out. And they actually trust you because you have a relationship with them. So I hear Jesus saying, when you, when you go out, and I believe he's sending all of us, all 72 of us. When you go out, bless first. Bless people first and enter into their lives. Don't just fly over you know, 30,000 feet and airdrop messages to them. Enter into their life. Pray with them. Eat meals together. Care for them. Listen to them. Serve them enter into their life and then you'll have amazing opportunities to start talking about the kingdom of God. I can tell you from my own experience it happens that way. When people know how much you care, you have a great opportunity. You can say some pretty some pretty um, audacious things and they start saying, well, I trust you. I don't know if I totally agree with you but at least I trust you so I'll at least listen to it. So I hear Jesus saying that you are sent blessed first enter into their lives, and then you have an opportunity to proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, to be honest, this, I think, is true, whether sending out all 72 of us or one of you. So how does this work out in a small group? I mean, how does this especially work out? What does this look like in a small group? Now, first thing I think it looks like is encouraging. I think it looks encouraging in a small group. That we continue to make mission central to who we are. Central as a church, as a whole church gathering on Sunday morning. Mission central in our lives personally. That we continue to see ourselves or maybe even begin to see ourselves as missionaries to this community. But also in our small groups. That we encourage one another. I think about Deb, asking Deb, Deb, how is your relationship going with your friend? I know you guys talk about faith. How's that going? How can I pray for you? Those are great conversations to have in a small group. I think about Jesse Hansel. He's not here this morning, but in our small group, I often ask him, "Jesse, how do you see God at work this week on the bus? How have you been able to bless someone or encourage them? What sort of ways have you seen God working?" We begin to honor each other as missionaries and encourage one another. We keep having that conversation. Who do you get to have dinner with this week? How did it go? How can I pray for you? How can I pray for them? That helps us keep mission central to who we are. But the other thing that's really cool that I think is encouraging, the way that mission, you can begin to engage mission together as a group. And that is compelling to people. Because, you know, it's it's not completely unheard of to see one person serving our community. Christian or not, I see it often. I see Christians doing things, I see people who aren't Christian or who are other faiths blessing our community. I mean, just an example, people walking down the side of the road picking up garbage on their walk. I see it happen. So it's not rare to see one person doing something. But there is something special about a group of 10 or 12 people getting together to serve the community. Now that is a little bit more special. That, I think, draws people's attention. Think about this. Here's an example. If you had your neighbor, and if you were just to go there by yourself, you know your neighbor, you see that they're elderly in their place and need some help, and they're, having, they're falling behind in the yard work, and so you go to help. You know, if you go over and help them, I'm sure that they would be grateful. They might ask you, you know, like, why are you helping me? But probably they'd say, you know, we're neighbors, this is what we do for each other. I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to be a Christian. I mean, there's lots of people who aren't, uh, particularly any faith at all, who help their neighbors. That's not that rare. That happens a lot. But imagine how it looks differently if you go there with your small group. Your elderly neighbor needs help working on their place, and you show up with ten people they've never met before. And you say, we're here, we'd like to help you with your yard. Imagine the conversations that come out of that. This person who sees twelve people and only knows one or two of them, Imagine what they begin to think. What are these people doing? How are, why are these people taking their whole day to come help me with this? I can't believe this. And they begin asking, so why are you guys doing this? And you have that opportunity to talk with them about the kingdom of God, about Jesus, and how he changes our lives, and how he causes, changes us, that we want to come and help them. Do you see how that difference is between one person versus a group? Yes? No? Yeah? Still with me? (laughs) So there's this amazing thing that happens when we serve as a group. But the other thing that I love is how the small group serving together or blessing our community together as a small group enables us to enter into people's lives. See, one thing I love about our church are the events that we put on. I mean, this week we're having the mammography clinic on, on Wednesday. But I mean, we have flu clinics, we have dessert theaters, we have kids' camp, we have music nights or or, um, uh, um, dessert nights, and we have events here at the church. We allow the Columbia Basin Trust to have classes here. We have AA meetings here. The interesting thing about this, I was thinking about this, is that all these events, or most of them, some of them are in the community, but most of them tend to happen here kind of on our turf, so to speak. It happened here at the church, which is great. And there are many people who come here and they say, there are some who come and say, I can't believe you guys are doing this. Why do you do this? This means so much to me. That, that does happen. But I think it does enable a lot of people to say, that's so nice of the church that they do that for people. Kind of, they do that for other people. I mean, sure, I'm here eating dessert, but it's so nice the church does this for other people. But imagine if we show up as a small group at their house to bless them. They begin to say, why are you guys doing this for me? It's much harder to say, oh, the the Christians, they do that for those people when we're at their house or when we're serving them personally. I love how serving together as a small group enables us to go directly to people, to serve them on their terms. So not ask them to come to our turf, so to speak, to our home court, and join with us, but actually going to their place and blessing them at their home. I love how small groups are able to do that. I mean, I think it, I mean, it might be interesting. We could try it, but you can imagine if all this whole room showed at someone's house, that might be a little overwhelming for people. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that would be helpful, but I know as a small group, it would be good. It would be a blessing. So these are just some of the ways I see this working out in a small group. One, that we encourage one another, that mission stays central. Of Talking with people, encourage them in faith, that stays central. So we keep asking each other, Hey, I heard you had dinner with so-and-so this week. Or last week you mentioned you are going to invite your friend over for dinner. How'd that go? How can I pray for you? So we encourage one another. The other thing, too, is that we can actually uh, go out together. It can be tangible. So we go out and we bless people together. And we can go right into their lives. We can enter into their life as a small group. Not asking them to come to our facility, but actually going to their home and blessing them. You see how this begins to work out in a small group? How interesting, how compelling this can be? So maybe some of you think, okay, I see kind of, Jason, what you're saying. And there's tons in this passage. But you're saying, okay, I, I can see how Jesus is sending all of us. I can see how Jesus is sending us to bless first. I can see how Jesus is sending us to enter into people's lives so we have the opportunity to proclaim the kingdom of God. I kind of get that. And I see some of the ways you've talked about how we can do this as a small group. But what's something we can do this week? How can we begin? So this week, I'm asking you to do one thing. Do just one thing. Have a conversation in your small group about mission, about blessing our community, It'd be just as easy. You can even write this question down if you want to. Talk with your small group. How can we bless our community this month? I know some of you, like your small group, meets every other week. And that's fine. Maybe just find someone in your small group, someone you are pretty close with, and say, let's talk about this. How can we, so when we do meet the following week, we can have this, we can pick this conversation up. How do we bless our community this month? So and maybe you think, okay, where do we begin? If I can just suggest three things. One is, read this passage. If you want to, you can just use a sheet or use your Bibles, Luke 10. Just read this passage and reflect on it a bit. Read it again and again and talk about it. That's the first thing. Read the passage. The second thing is this, is pray about it. Lord, show us what you want us to do. Lord, help us to see what you want us to see. Help us to see your kingdom and how it's popping through in places we never expected. Help us to see that. So read the word of God, pray. The next thing is plan and do. So you've read and you've prayed. Then talk with your group and say, how can we make this happen? How can we bless our community this month? I mean, maybe it's a car wash to raise money for redfish. Maybe it's, you know, we're just going to, we just prayed about it and we sensed God calling us to go down to the town site and walk the street and pick up garbage. Whatever it looks like for you, pray, plan, and do. Imagine what this could look like in our community as your small groups began doing this on a regular basis. There's those Christians again serving our community, serving me. I can't believe it. Imagine some of the creative things I think about. you. I'm excited about some of the creative ways the Holy Spirit will move through you to bless our community. Imagine some of the the ways it will change people's lives. Some of the connections that people will finally make that you're serving them because you care about them and you care about them because Jesus cares about us. Because Jesus has changed our lives. So I hear God speaking to us this morning in this passage. Reminding us that we are all sent. You are missionaries. Don't let that freak you out. You are missionaries to this community. He's sending you to go and to bless first. First. To bless first and to enter into people's lives, build a relationship with them, care for people. And then begin talking about the kingdom of God, how Jesus has changed your life, what he's done in our lives, how he's made us new people, how he's made us who we are. And then begin encouraging each other in your small groups, making mission central, not something that the church does you know, a couple times a year, but something that we do on an ongoing basis. Both as individuals, but also as groups. As we go and we bless people, and we enter into their lives. So do that one thing this week. Talk with your small group. Read the scriptures, pray together, and then plan and do it. Talk as a small group one way we can bless our community this month. And then keep that conversation going.